Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I'm very honored to have with us Ms. Jean Walters, who is the author of the new book, The Magic and Mystery of Dreams. Although that is not her only book, she has five books under her belt. She also works with people to do transformational life coaching and can also dive into your Akashic Records, which is an amazing skill to have. I love that. So I am so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Melissa. I am excited too. I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you about your book because we were talking a little bit before we started this podcast and you were saying how our dreams are so interesting and can be very deep and profound. And you said that you've been working with dreams for 40 years. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you started getting into dream work? Well, I got started into metaphysics and spirituality and dream work and all of that way back uh, because I really wanted to understand life. I really, I thought that what we, what, people are handed when they come into life or a lot, it seems like it's very dogmatic and a lot of rules that didn't make any sense to me. And I knew there had to be a better way. So, um, so I decided to start investigating as best I could. I mean, back then there weren't these kinds of books, you know, and so you really had to scrounge around to find anything that had any depth to it, you know, but anyway, I had a mom also that was very, very worrisome and frightened and kind of miserable. And so I knew that I had to find my own way in life because I knew I couldn't do it the way she was going to do it. So that was that that was the initial motivator. But then I just started investigating and with dreams, particularly, I've been writing them down for many, many years. And I find them to be so profound because your subconscious mind is actually processing your day experience and then it's putting it out in like this little um sharp little vignette and uh and then if you if you're able to understand the symbols that are being presented it can make a huge difference in your life i've made major decisions because of some of my dreams so that's very helpful yes so how do people know when their dreams are profound and when they have messages or when they're just some crazy wacky dream that you had that you know doesn't really have a lot of meaning to it what what are your thoughts on that well dreams are so succinct you know you might dream and 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 you're actually getting a whole days of material in just a short vignette so people think they're crazy because they don't know the language but it's like if I was speaking French to you and you didn't know French or you were speaking German to me and I don't know German, we would go, that's crazy. <laughs> so that's what, why it's hard. But but if you look at symbols and understand that there's symbols being presented, you know, like a simple one would be if you're in your house and somebody's beating on your door and yelling at you, you might be like, no, I'm not going to let them in. You know, I'm afraid. And, and what it would be saying is during that day, there was, there was something trying to intrude in your space and you didn't like it and you didn't want it. So you could go back to that day and go, what was going on there? And then you might find out that there's somebody that really isn't in your best interest in life. And, they, and there was a kind of a, an attempt at intrusion as far as you're supposed to believe this or you're supposed to do that. And so your dream was just depicting that little scenario. And so to me, it's like so such a nice, sharp 
you know, message like that, that um, then, then I can look at my life and I can clean up some things that aren't going to work, you know, they're going to really intrude into what I want to be or do or, or teach. That makes a lot of sense. A little simple one. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I have one for you because this actually came up in my group the other day. We were talking about, I don't even remember how we got onto dreams, but someone was saying that they have dreams and I've had this dream before where their teeth fall out. Their teeth fell out. Yes. You know what? That's so funny you said that because I was talking to someone earlier and they said the very same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so teeth represent the way you chew your food. Food is knowledge. So you chew your food with your teeth. But if they all fall out, then you can't assimilate knowledge. So it's really about not making decisions, uh, not not chewing on things and not making decisions and moving forward. So when your teeth fall out, I think somebody else might be making your decisions. Right now, we're being programmed a lot over the news. We're being programmed a lot. And if we if we let the news and everything else program us, then we're really not making any decisions. We're just letting somebody else run our life. So it might allude to that or it might, but again, look at the day before and go, in what way was I letting somebody else run my life? How was I not making my own choices? That might be a way to get started. That makes sense too. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's so very interesting. So in your book, um, you, do you analyze the dreams or what is your book really about? Well, the, first of all, I talk about what dreams are and how they work. And then, um, and then I, I have a four-step formula that I've created so that to help people kind of walk through their dreams and understand what's going on. The first step is feeling. What's the primary feeling? Like when your teeth are falling out, it, it might be like you're confused, you know, or if somebody's banging on your door, you might be afraid. So you start out with the feeling, I'm afraid. And then uh, the second part is the theme. So your house represents your mind and something's trying to intrude on your mind. So that would be the theme of the dream. And then you take the symbols from there. So the third part would be symbols. And you look at the symbols in your dream and what they represent. For instance, if you have a person in your dream that you know, you you wanna decide what that person means to you because that's you in the dream that's representative of you. So if you have somebody very generous in your dreams, then you know that that's talking about your generosity. And if you have someone very angry in your dreams, then that's talking about your anger and so forth. So, um, and we have all of those kinds of things. And then the fourth part, the fourth step is to string all these things together. So I feel afraid because someone's trying to get into my mind and I don't like it. Okay, so that would be the whole dream right there in just four sentences. And so so we'll, when you it's practice, 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 because what we're learning how to do actually is look at our, our dream from a different angle. So if, if I'm, uh, I'm looking at it from dream language, and that would be subconscious language, and that would be symbolic language. So oftentimes people want to look at their dream in the same way they would look at their life but it's so much more succinct than that. So it takes a practice to kind of get used to it. But in the book, I have a, a whole ton of, ex, of uh, examples that really help people kind of get get the flow of how it works. That's, you know, um, my, my higher self must have known that you were gonna be on the show today because I had the craziest dream last night myself. And I don't usually remember my dreams. Like they have to be pretty, 
you know, pretty bold and, and wild for me to really remember them. Normally they don't seem to make yeah. much sense to me, but That's last true. night, yeah, I, I had a very, very crazy dream last night. Lay it on me. <laughs> you want to tell me? Um, sure. It's, it's really, it sounds incredibly crazy, but, um, so somebody else is going to have that same dream. I, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing was the dream took place at my grandma's old house and she passed away in December and she was in my dream. Yeah. Uh, and so was my cousin and it's a cousin, male cousin that I don't talk to and I don't ever really see or anything. Um, and in the dream, he had a gun and he was going to kill himself and he stuck the kill gun. Herself. Kill herself. Kill uh -huh. himself. Yeah, my cousin. And uh, like I was in the other room and I heard the gunshot and I ran in there, but it, nothing had happened. Like he didn't mm -hmm. actually do it, mm -hmm. um, even though like from the, the distance of the room, like I could see the gun was here. Mm -hmm. um, and then later on in the dream, my grandma stuck the gun to her ear and pulled the trigger and I watched her do it, but then she was fine and nothing like there was nothing happened. Okay. But to me, that was just like the most bizarre. <laughs> but think about it. It's so quick. I mean, it's just like within a few seconds, you know, you had this whole thing. Your yeah. grandmother would represent someone, a higher intelligence for you because she's wise. And, she, and you always look up to your grandmother. So she represents a higher intelligence for you. And then um, your cousin, you have to give me, it's male, so it would be subconscious for you because conscious would be female. Okay. And male would be subconscious. And what, what kind of, uh, if you described her to me as a person, what words would you use to describe her? Like maybe two words or something. Your cousin. My cousin. Oh, him, I'm sorry, him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really even know him that well, but I would say he was always older, but to me too, he kind of represents like fighting within the family because mm -hmm. um, I know that he doesn't get along with certain other people. So think about this then, Melissa, is that this part of you that represents fighting within the family is going to kill itself. So you're doing away with that part got it that makes total sense yeah total and sense. Then, yeah perfect and wow. then your grandmother takes the gun although nothing happened but but it, the intent was to just get rid of it right yeah yeah and then your grandmother takes the gun and she's gonna but she, what she does is show you that it doesn't do anything when she's she shoots the gun it doesn't do anything you know so i it, it's what i would say is a dream is saying there's some turmoil within you about fighting in the family Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, you want to do away with it, but you're probably going to have to work a little harder at that because the gun thing isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that makes total sense that, to me. Yeah, I, usually I, guns represent a decision, you know, like, um, you, you know, when you have a gun, it, it's a quick decision. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. But then in this case, it didn't go off. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, another dream I, I used to have all the time when I was younger was that someone would be chasing me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like, I couldn't get away. I couldn't scream. Yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get away from the person. Yeah. Well, the chasing dream is if you look at your life the day before, you'll notice that you were running from something or you're wanting to run from something. 
or it seems like you're maybe afraid of something that you want to get away from. So that's what chasing dreams are. And makes sense, right? And then everybody's had them, Melissa. Yeah. Everybody's had them. <laughs> so what about tornadoes in a dream? Because I've had yeah. that before too. Well, even tornadoes in life, you know, yeah. tornadoes are represent this uh, huge amount of wind that's very destructive. And, um, and so it represents ideas and thoughts that are very destructive, that are out of control, you know? So you can imagine that a lot of people might be having tornado dreams in this last year or so, oh, yeah. because most everything's felt out of control. But I also had a couple that were students of mine, they were coming to the class. And before they got to the class, they saw this tornado crossing the road ahead of them. They just watched it. It didn't touch them, but it was like a block ahead. So when I got, they got the class, I said, so who, what in your life represents a tornado? And they both said his mother, or it was her mother. <laughs> I think it was her mother. <laughs> and I said, so she's like a tornado, like destructive in your life. Yes. <laughs> and I said, well, the interesting thing is it never touched you. You watched it, but it never affected you. Yeah. And, and they were saying, yeah, we, we've decided that she's not going to affect us anymore. So what I'm saying is that was a symbol in their life. And you interpret the same way as you do a dream. How about that? Really interesting. Yes. Yeah. I No, I love that. That makes a lot of sense. And I love that people can grab your book and help determine yeah. what is the meaning of their own dreams. That's really awesome yeah. that you wrote that. So and well, it's, said, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, they just have so much in it that you don't want to miss them. That's that's the way I look at it. You know, once you get used to it, you don't want to miss out. <laughs> yeah. And you've been very gracious enough to offer our listeners the first three chapters of your book for free. So I know you're going to send me a link and I'm going to put that in the description, the show notes to the podcast where yeah. people can go and pick up the All first All they have to chapter. do is, yeah, contact me, Jean, J-E-A-N, at Spiritual Transformation, and let them know that they want the three chapters and I'd be happy to send them to them. Awesome. That Get is them started. I will definitely be checking that out myself personally. All right. Very good. <laughs> You've already given me so much information. Um, so now I'm interested in too, how you work with people with the Akashic records. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first of all, the Akashic records, if, if we understand that everything you've ever done or said, any, any action you've ever taken is imprinted within the universe and the way we consider that is we call it the akashic records but it's like a um a vibrational record is the best way i can describe it so when i do an akashic reading i slow down and go like into a meditative state and i take your name and your birthday and that allows me to connect with you so each person with your name and you know your name and your birthday separates you and it distinguishes you so I can connect with that and then and then I can read whatever I see. Normally people come in with a specific idea, like they want to understand the relationship they're in, or they want to um, you know, look at a situation they were in and, and and I read that situation like what is really going on. And it's very helpful because it's clarifying. And I think so many sometimes we get so jumbled in our own thinking and and doing and so forth that to have somebody just clarify things for you and just put them out just step by step or in a very easy scenario, it makes it easier to figure out what to do next. 
And I know it's been really helpful to a lot of people to just like, okay, now I can, I'll say something and they go, no, no, no. And then I'll go and I'll add a little bit more and they'll go, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes you don't want to see the things that I see. And so then it's like, no. And then it's like, yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I, I just think clarity is such an important thing to, to be able to see clearly. And oftentimes we get clouded because we don't want things to be this way or that way. We want to be some other way. And so we just get really stubborn and grounded and planted. And, and then it's not helpful because it makes your life so confusing. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. And, and would you say that working with someone who does something like similar to what you do helps people to um, they make decisions. Get things faster and easier, yeah. it makes it easier yeah. for them in life? Yeah. yeah. And, and generally, I mean, they really recognize what I'm saying. It's not like it's coming out of the blue because it's it's just they're living in this energy all the time you know and what i'm doing is just kind of grabbing them and going here's what here's what's really going on and then it's like oh yeah <laughs> indeed but also akashic records uh, are really powerful i mean as far as even looking at your job situation and what really matches you and, and what doesn't and um and and it helps to see more clearly than you can decide if this, what your strategy is going to be, basically, a lot of strategies come out of this. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I would uh, think that you probably see a lot of this, but I feel like a lot of people, the decisions they make early on in life when they're younger tend to be more decisions that made their parents happy or they thought they had to live this way because society said it. Exactly. So they end up in careers that they don't like or in relationships yeah. that are miserable. And um, I see so a lot of that in what I do too. Absolutely, so true. It's really amazing. There was a story from, do you know who, the guy who wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale? And he was counseling some fellow and, uh, and he had failed three times in the insurance business. And he was counseling this guy and he said, it, you know, he, the, the fellow was kind of touching the wood table next to the chair he was sitting in and, and Peel said to him, I'm noticing while we're talking that you keep touching that wood on that table that you really like it. And he said, oh yeah, I love wood. I love wood. I love making it. I love shaving it into furniture. I love creating from it. I love the feel of it, blah, 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 you know. And Peel says, well, why aren't you going into that kind of work? And he was in insurance because his dad was his insurance and his dad was trying to set him up. Well, the guy that works with wood is not the same guy that sells insurance. <laughs> <laughs> so when he finally thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly right. Then he got in, he created this woodworking business where he was making astounding furniture and designing beautiful things. And he was really successful, but he would never have been successful as an insurance man. Yeah. So I, I just love that story because I think what you said earlier is so right on that oftentimes we please our parents and do things and then we just are like slowly dying. <laughs> Exactly. I always tell my clients and I tell even people on this podcast that when you're out of alignment with what it is you're supposed to be doing, it's like a struggle. Uh -huh. It's so it hard. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning, you know, it is, it is for sure. Yeah. 
And when you finally get back into alignment, then things start to get easier. And so I'm sure that people are probably very grateful that they get to work with you to see, you know, like, oh, this wasn't my path after all. And even though I think we know it deep down, we just don't always pay attention. Right. But but even having somebody reiterate that and go, oh, okay, then it's not just me thinking, oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. You know, (laughs) it's someone actually can come in and confirm that is so wonderful you know it gives you permission to be yourself you know not that we need it but we need it for some reason well we do because i think what you said earlier is that oftentimes we're so busy pleasing our parents and they have an idea that probably it would work great to them (laughs) and then you know if we try to do that same thing it'd be like you know i I would never been able to live my mom's life ever Oh, I totally understand because um, I went into teaching and I realized, you know, I it was great for several years, but then I sort of shifted again and I'm like, eh, this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I got the teaching part, but I didn't realize I was supposed to be teaching spirituality and, yeah. you know, mind shifts you know, mindset shifting and those kinds of things. So it's wonderful. Um, yeah. I, that's really wonderful because you're, um, you're a light in the world. And, you know, even though you probably did a lot of good with your teaching, you're, you're, you're now teaching at a higher level, you know, and teaching the things that have the most meaning for you. So that's so beautiful, really. Thank you. I mean, I'll applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, I love meeting like-minded people and you just sound so fascinating. Now, how do you help people when you do transformational life coaching? Um, I I listen a lot for one thing, but I try to find out where they are and where they want to go. And then I can help them. uh, Wait a minute, let me get rid of this. And then I can uh, help them. I am very, very intuitive. So I can, we kind of, I think of it as walking down the road together and then if they're veering off in a place that's not supposed to be, I can pull them back and head in, in another direction that I know is right. So in, in the process, a lot of things open up, like um, they become more aware of what's possible. But another thing that's important, I think, is that we were raised in such a narrow world, in such fear-based world. And, um, and I don't think we can find our true self, our, our bliss, while we're living in this tiny little world, we have to open up. So that's one of the things I do is I help, I help people see what's possible. And um, instead of just being stuck with some small idea, I think people so much underestimate themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of transformational coaching is truly transformational, meaning um, whenever they tell me why it's not possible, you know, I can, I can challenge it. And then, and then it sort of opens up the scenario, the storyline gets lost in there somewhere and, and they can, can begin to see that it is possible. So I've done, it's really been an amazing journey, I think, to, to just r- realize what the truth is. The truth is that you're so potentially dynamic and powerful. And whenever I see people reducing themselves you know, I'm, I'm always like challenging that. I what makes that. You, I'll even say to them, prove to me that you're not good enough. Tell me, give, show me something that proves it. 
they can't do that, of course, but no one's ever said to them, prove it. <laughs> I love that. And I think that that is such a great exercise because I think we do think too small. Mm -hmm. We play too small and it's yeah. understandable why we do because society is tell us we shouldn't want more. We can't get more. Only this much is achievable, yeah. but we both know that's not true. Yeah. We should be satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not about being unsatisfied, but it, it's about realizing that there's so much more ahead mm -hmm. that, you know, use whatever you've done and been and use that as stepping stones to go on to the next thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, what I help them with is I realize that each thing, even the terrible stuff that they talk about, even that was a stepping stone to going forward. Yes, absolutely. Pain always serves a purpose, even if we can't see it when we're deep in the middle of it. But yeah. that's the one thing I love about working with coaches and because I have personally worked with many coaches too. And, you know, I've done traditional counseling and I've done coaching both. And I got so much more out of the coaching because instead of just talking about my problems and how it made me feel, yeah. the coach actually made me say, what did you learn and how are you going to use that to now move forward? Yeah. And I had actionable steps to say, okay, I'm going to now do this yeah. instead of being. And I'll even say, so how do you know that that's a bad thing? How do you know that that was a terrible experience? How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. And anyone who makes you think about the way you've been looking at things your whole life, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a good experience for you. Yeah, it's yeah, you. it is. It's, it, if, if we look from just like the Dalai Lama says at everything, every issue, you look from different angles, you know, and if you do that, then you'll arrive at the truth. Yes. And I like that a lot because that what I do is, is help them look at from different angles. That's amazing. I have definitely learned in my own life that when I've tried to look at something with just my narrow-minded ego self, I make a mess out of it. Yes, like and when I've learned to look at things bad. from love, it yeah, it gets really bad when you let your ego to make your decisions for you because everything's yeah. fear-based, and yeah. you do everything. That's when you get like jealousy and um, you know, just you're making your rash decisions, and it's all because it's fear-based. When you learn how to look at things from love, mm -hmm. things number one get easier because you're not resisting as much it's not a struggle like it is yeah. normally everything shifts you know everything yeah and so it is it, it, we have these tools and they're but you know we were we have a survivor brain so i think we were it's very easy for us to grow up with this idea that you have to be afraid of everything because i think the brain is more uh wired for survival until we teach it otherwise until we teach it that we can see something else besides just surviving. And Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think that's why it's hard sometimes for people because they're still working out of their survivor brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. when you look at what trauma does to the brain, you mm -hmm. know, it, you go to that survival mode and until you can actually retrain your brain, that's where you're going to stay because your brain doesn't just automatically go, okay, I'm going to start thinking yeah. now from, it doesn't, it's just, you're, we're creatures of habit and yeah. it's all about habit. And, and that includes doing the mindfulness training mm -hmm. to get your brain out of that 
fight or flight mode, which is what it's in when you're experiencing trauma and when you're in survival mode, that's what your brain is doing. Like mm -hmm. every situation is right. dire, it's way up here, this is a problem. And when you get out of that, you realize, you know, the things that I've considered to be such a problem in my life maybe weren't. Yes. And maybe yes. I was just looking at it the wrong way, which is not it's your like, fault. Yeah. Right. It's like Einstein saying you can't solve a problem from the same brain that the same mindset that created the problem. Right. And I always think get above it. Look at it from above. And and then you'll see a different situation than what you thought originally. Yes. You might see an opportunity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is one of the best pieces of advice is to I always frame it as take your emotions out of it mm -hmm. and write it as if you were just observing it like yeah. saw an accident. I went, I witnessed this and here's what happened. And when you take yourself out of it, then, you know, if it happened to somebody else, you wouldn't react the same way. So looking at it like a third party objective observer sometimes helps us to really see what's going on and not Oh my gosh, this is so bad. It's a million times bad. Yeah. Really not. When you when you're not like overly emotional and in the middle of it, it doesn't yeah. have to be that bad. I, I I'm I'm a great believer too that sometimes people just need to vent for a while. Once they get that out of the way, yeah. now we can begin to look at what's going on. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like you said, they get all tied up in emotion and then they can't see anything yeah you can't yeah. It, you really can't because you think that everyone's out to get you when you're in your emotions and then when you realize you're like, that's like, yeah. you're not really that important that everybody no. wants to get you. Yes. <laughs> don't get such a big head nobody's out to get you yeah they're too busy getting themselves you know right. they worry about you exactly exactly that is so funny it's true though it's very true and it just sounds like you're an amazing person to work with. Um, what can you tell me a little about your other books? Were those also about dreams or? This like, one actually, oh. and you, I bought, I wrote, wrote this book before the pandemic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it was just in me. I, I have two more books that are in me that have to come out sometime in the near future. <laughs> but anyway, the, uh, the uh, journey from anxiety to peace, practical steps to handle fear, embrace struggle and eliminate worry to become happy and free. And uh, this was a bestseller, clearly. <laughs> but it's all about tools and things that exercises and things you can do to move yourself from fear to love. And it's based, the, it is based on my mom to start with uh, how she was such a fear-based person <laughs> she really had a hard time managing life because she was so um, upset all the time and that's when I started realizing that I have to find my own way so in the book I just have a lot of different tools one of the tools is about stories the stories we tell ourselves mm -hmm. you know I, I hear this all the time like well in my family um, but my dad told me that you know, it's like, are you attached to what your dad told you? Or are you able to like release it enough to look at another possibility? But we have these stories that, and, and it could be everybody in my family has diabetes or something. I think that's a horrible story, you know? but, but I think people get so hooked up at these stories. Like, you know, I was divorced and it was horrible and it ruined my whole life. And so they spend the whole rest of their life being divorced yeah. because they're still in the divorce. And they never move on beyond it. And it, it's a form of victimhood. But, you know, it's like, do you really want to stay there? And if you do, I'm all for it, stay there. But 
but would you like to move beyond that and have a different story? Because that story is not going to take you anywhere good. But I, but people have these stories. I, I had abuse when I was a child. Okay, great. Do you have to still be in that place? Can you move on from that place? And what do we make as our identity? I mean, do we make abuse our identity then? Do we make divorce our identity? And, and are you willing to move into a different kind of identity? Because you cannot go anywhere in life until you're willing to let go of the old stories and create a new story. And every possibility exists for us. I mean, it's all there. So all we have to do is really acknowledge that it's time and be willing to dump the old story. But people get attached to that stuff. You know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're so right. You know, we tend to play the victims for so long yeah. that for some people, I think there's even an addiction to the drama that comes with absolutely. the addiction, you know, yeah. um, and being the victim. Uh, but it's, it doesn't do anything pleasant for you and, and keeps yeah. you stuck. And the other thing is it affects your health mm -hmm. because if you, like I do this little exercise in, in my meditation class where I have people think about fear and, and, and what it looks like and what it feels like and what the texture is and how it smells and tastes and touch and what you can hear and notice their body. And then I have them switch to love and then what love feels like, looks like, what the texture is, what the color is, how it sounds, and notice your body. And, and then we do this with a few uh, opposites and contrasts. And then I ask them, um, what, was, what did you notice with fear and anxiety and resentment and anger? What did you notice with peace and love and joy and, and, and happiness and abundance and, and vibrancy? And, Anger and uh, all the negatives are closing in, are tightening. The whole body is tightened up and you're, you can get a headache, you know? And when you open up to fear, to love and joy and the possibility and vibrancy, everything expands. Okay, so, it, it, but the other thing that's really interesting about that little exercise is that when I say be in fear, they do it. When I say now switch to love, they do it. Now, if they can do it in that little exercise, they can do it every single day. Yeah. Only I'm, a, I'm shocking them because they never thought that they could just move from one to the other. Yeah. You know, but the truth of the matter is they did it because I suggested it. So when we listen to the news, there's a suggestion there. And we're, people are taking on that suggestion. The suggestion is to be afraid. Um, be, you know, there's a possibility I'm going to get sick, you know, maybe I never sick. Uh, and, and they have all these negative possibilities, maybe somebody's going to bomb us, you know, and so they constrict. And when you're constricted, you can't come up with anything amazing and beautiful and, you know, outrageously wonderful. You can't because your mind is all tight and constricted. So to, to be able to move yourself in a way, and you know, a lot, these are the kinds of things I have in here. But the way, so if you can move, if just allow yourself to realize you can shift. And the easiest way to do it is gratitude. Mm -hmm. yeah. I am so grateful. I mean, if we don't have like a million things to be grateful for, then you're not looking. Because in our world, we there's so much. 
there's so much. Mm -hmm. So um, our families, we are always eating, you know, <laughs> we know even poor people eat all the time. <laughs> and, you know, we have freedom and I can, we can say outlandish things, you know, if we wanted to. We have a lot of freedom. So to live in gratitude is, it's an immediate way to open yourself up to just possibility and living a good, wonderful, happy life. Yes. So those are some simple things, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I'm all for stepping away and, you know, just as you watch what you consume as far as what you eat, it's important to watch what you consume as far as what you take in on social media and on the news. Exactly. It's important to obviously be aware, but you need to know when to step away and, and only take in what you need to. Do you know that most of the television pros have uh, shows have violence? Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And so I'm, you know, you look around and where's one where I don't have to be subjected to that, <laughs> you know, and, and then an awful lot of them have drug commercials. So it's like, you know, if you have a itch on your nose, then you should get this drug or something. <laughs> Pretty Side effects are always worse than whatever it was you were taking the medicine for. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, probably you won't have an itch, but you'll. You'll know, you may die or bleed from the nose or what. I was like, I think I'll just have an itchy nose. I think that's probably. Yeah. Okay. It's great. <laughs> so true. So true. But well, I, the mind is such a. Um, it's vulnerable, mm -hmm. and we have to pay attention to what we're putting in there. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you'll end up with crazy dreams, guys. <laughs> crazier than games right. crazier than what you've had crazier than the ones that i talked about today uh, yeah but your dreams are great you know you you can learn a lot yeah absolutely and i'm definitely gonna go and get those three chapters because that's fascinating and i just thought my dream was just a silly dream that didn't even have any meaning to it but that makes a lot of sense to me what you yeah. described so thank yeah. you for interpreting that for me yeah. um, and thank you for being here today this was such okay. a, a lovely conversation thank you so much Melissa. and so if anyone wants to buy your book or any of your five books yeah. or um or work with you how can they do that what's the best way to follow you well, my email is jean, J-E-A-N, at spiritualtransformation.com. It's the easiest way to get hold of me. And then the books are all on amazon.com. And all you'd have to do is put the like put in the name of the book or else um, just put my name, Jean Walters, author. And uh, I have an author page that shows all the books. So I'm not too hard to find. <laughs> and, and if anybody would like to get the three chapters, uh, all they have to do is send me an email gene at spiritualtransformation.com. It's singular. And then I'd be happy to forward them the three chapters. Awesome. And I will put your email in the, the show notes for the podcast. So if you didn't remember what she said, you can just go and click right on it and then copy it and they can send you an email to get the free chapters. Thank you so much Thank for you. offering that today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. At, you know, I really want to help people kind of get turned on to themselves. Yeah. and see what the possibilities are. There's so much available to every person, especially in our country. Yes, that's, that's so true. We're, we're wealthy here. Yes. <laughs> we <are> wealthy. <laughs> so if you had one little piece of advice you could give our listeners today, what would that be? I would say, um, well, the bottom line is train yourself to look beyond what's going on and, and, 
introduced the idea of love in, in all situations, in every situation. And if you get out of sorts because it happens, just step back a little bit and then go back to love. And the easiest way to do it is go to gratitude. Just, just think about all the things you're grateful for. You cannot be in fear and love at the same time. So if you keep choosing love, you won't be in fear. And, but it, it takes a disciplined mind to do that. And so I'm encourage everybody to just give that a go, you know, and uh, it'll make their life so much better. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful advice. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think gratitude is one of the greatest things we have and it's completely free. Yeah. All you have to do is list what you're grateful for and you can do it at any time. And it really does turn your day around if it starts mm -hmm you know, going downhill, it's one way you can turn it around big time. So I love that. If you go to bed with that idea, you know, gratitude, you'll have better dreams. <laughs> you'll have really nice dreams. See, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> exactly. You want to have better dreams, show some gratitude before you go to sleep. Well, thank you so much for being thank here you. with us today. Thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today, too. I so appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm so thankful that you are part of my soul tribe. Don't forget, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. The greatest compliment you can give me is to share my podcast with others. And I really appreciate those of you who have done that. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on social media. I go live in my Facebook group every Monday at 630 Central, where I do a free card reading. Now, I have a new Facebook group, so I'm not going live from my Reiki page, but rather the Facebook group. And you can join that by clicking on the link in the show notes of this podcast. Also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. You can see the list of services I offer, and you can purchase any of them from my website. All of my sessions are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. And all of my sessions are recorded, so you get your own copy of your session. Thank you guys so much. I hope that you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.